Welcome to Medicine Wisdom with Lena Franklin. Over the next hour, you are going to go through a journey of transformation and self-realization. Now, here is Lena. Hello, and welcome to Medicine Wisdom. I am Lena Franklin, modern medicine woman, transpersonal psychotherapist, and one of the founders of the East Institute. Welcome to Medicine Wisdom, a radio talk show that will teach you that to journey inward is your highest calling, that you have the power to heal yourself. Your power and purpose exists within your medicine. Your medicine is the gift your soul came here to share with the world. And I am so ready to dive into today's conversation with my beloved husband, shaman, energy medicine man, and the other founder of the East Institute, our spirit child, the one and only Jeff Gladstein. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad to finally be here. <laughs> I know you're blushing. <laughs> <laughs> I am. <laughs> so, you know, I was so excited to um, to dive into this one. And, you know, there's so much, there's so much to share. This episode is about the fire of divine relationships, twin flames, uh, soulmates, and soul contracts. And, you know, you, my love, have such a beautiful, powerful story of awakening. I would love for you to step us into what that was like moving from a more <clears throat> unconscious life and way of being in the world into who you are now, this incredible world-renowned shaman. Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, it's been quite the journey. And, you know, for me, it really began when I was, <clears throat> when I was very young and so deeply connected to nature and very curious about kind of the inner transformational aspects of the martial arts and studied um, and taught, you know, those transformational practices. And as I got older, I stepped out of that kind of adventurous, free-spirited, out-of-the-box type uh, world um, into the more conditioned, you know, realms of society that we all find ourselves in. Got married, you know, got a job, um, started working, um, and, you know, from the outside looking in, everything looked amazing, but, you know, inside I always felt like there was something more, something missing. And through the years, I just ignored that. You know, I, I focused on life day to day, you know, the 24 seven, what we do when we wake up and go to work and do the family things and kind of the repeat. And over the course of time, that inner voice that inner longing just continued to grow and grow and grow. And really after a series of um, uh, like personal changes, for example, um, both my, my father and my mother passed away unexpectedly within two years, um, things began to feel very misaligned in life. And, and I ignored that. And um, shortly afterwards, um, I began to get sick. You know, I began to have a lot of physical symptoms and, <clears throat> excuse me, I went to the doctors 
<clears throat> to see if they could help me. Um, and it was almost like chasing a ghost to where, you know, one doctor would think it was one thing and then they'd pass me off to another doctor and then another and another. And I just continued physically to deteriorate. My health was just deteriorating very rapidly to the point um, that at one point in time, the, um, the physicians had told me I had three months to live. I had an incurable disease and that I should get all of my affairs in order. And now looking back at all of that, I realized that that, that physical illness was really a manifestation of the years and years and years of me living out of alignment with, with my purpose, with my truth. And the accumulation of all of those misaligned energies um, affected me, affected all my systems and tissues and and, and again, the doctors couldn't really figure out what it was. And it was at kind of the, the point of my deepest despair. Family was falling apart. Business was gone. Um, my health was gone. My sense of self. Um, I was spiritually devoid of, of, of any connection. Um, and I was truly in that very dark, very dark, hopeless state. And... One morning, in a moment of clarity, through through the drug-induced haze of all the pharmaceuticals that I had been given, all the drugs I'd been given, I heard this voice very clearly that said, heal yourself. And I went back to things that I had learned earlier in life about cultivating my energy and being connected to the energy of, of Mother Earth and, and of nature, the value of you know, a good clean diet of moving my body of just doing the things that were really supportive. And, and I remember that day, <clears throat> excuse me, that day, I actually um, looked at myself in the mirror, I weighed myself on a scale. And um, as much as I don't like to admit this, um, I was almost 250 pounds. I was bald from all of the treatments that the doctors had given me. I was very, very weak. I didn't even recognize myself. And then I began, I stepped onto this path of natural healing. And eight months later, um, I look pretty much the way I look now. And this was years ago, but I look pretty much the way I look now. Um, physically healthy. Um, I went back to my doctor's. They were amazed. As a matter of fact, they walked into one of them walked into the examination room and didn't even recognize me. He thought he was in the wrong room. And um, and he asked me, like, what did you do and where did you go and what did you take? And and I shared with him that I had stepped onto this path of natural healing, of, of energy medicine, of shamanic healing, of reconnecting with with Mother Earth and, and using that amazing healing energy. And um and it was it was so truly transformative to me and it was such a beautiful lesson in that when we live out of alignment with who we truly are and why we're truly here and even who we're with and what we do that we create these energetic imbalances within ourselves that can have very very profound um, impact you know and for me i also was dealing with a lot of unprocessed um, grief and, and emotional energies 
that were connected with the passing of both my father, my mother, my older brother, many changes in life, um, things I had experienced earlier in life that were very traumatic. And that's what really led me onto this path many, many years ago. And as you began to really be in that disintegration and releasing of a life that was out of alignment, can you share, because I feel like this part of your story is so potent and is this bridge, because I feel this bridge, of course, within my own lineage of growing up with a Buddhist Vietnamese mom and bringing some of those Eastern spiritual philosophies here to the West. But share some about that, that journey, that spiritual journey as you began the search of the truth of who you are and of your soul. Yeah. um, Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, You know, that journey started long before I was an adult and Um, I became very curious about Eastern philosophies, Eastern practices, um, what we would refer to as kind of new age, you know, spirituality. Uh, And that was born out of, um, I had an older brother who had been, um, had been injured and paralyzed, you know, in, in an accident. Um, And his friends would bring him books and he wouldn't really read the books, but being the curious you know, kid that I was, I would read the books. And these were books on spirituality. And these were books on astral projection. And these were books on um, what we now refer to as um, energy medicine, right? And and that really um, piqued my interest. And, and when I started studying martial arts, um, you know, there was the external version of that. And then I became very fascinated with the internal version. Like, what's going on with my energy? How do I cultivate that? Like, what's meditation all about? And, and those were the things I had done when I was, um, you know, earlier in life, up, you know, into my, you know, into my 20s that I had walked away from. And when life, as it does, kind of slapped me in the face, and in my case, it wasn't a slap in the face. It was like, um, you know, a ton of bricks falling on me, you know, over and over again to get my attention. Um, I began to step back into those practices, these Buddhist, Taoist practices that were steeped in thousands of years of, of teachings and of wisdoms. And, um, and through my life, I had been called to study and to be with these uh, wisdom teachings, is what, is what uh, we refer to them as, um, from the East. Um, uh, in particular, these very powerful Taoist and Buddhist um, practices. Um, you know, at, at one point I had spent time um, living life in a monastic um, sense, you know, with, with Buddhist uh, and Taoist monks and, and living with them as them uh, and learning, you know, these very beautiful ancient, ancient wisdom teachings. How did you find begin- yourself? I would love to to kind of go deeper there because here we have this, um, you know, Jewish background man who lived in California, and now you're in a Buddhist monastery. I mean, step step us all into that transition, and oh, that what was that was that, like, yeah, that was um, 
that was truly synchronicity, you know. Um, so I, ha I had a teacher, um, a Sifu, many, many years ago that I had studied with. And I was, I was his, um, quote, prized student. And, um, and he had heard, this was many years after I studied with him, he had heard that, that I had become very sick. And he suggested um, that I go to China to go to a Shaolin monastery um, to meet his teacher, um, this amazing, um, ancient um, wise man, this elder, his name is Sun Long. So I went there with the intention of staying um, for a few weeks. And shortly after I was there, I was actually selected um, in this very interesting um, traditional selection process to um, to stay and to live with and to learn traditional Chinese medicine, to learn um, these very um, deep, powerful um, healing practices. Um, so I did. So I had originally planned on going for a few weeks, and I ended up staying for a number of years. And that was, um, and from there, um, was called to um, to a Taoist uh, temple, uh, Taoist teachings, Nadan-based teachings, um, and lived, again, another monastic-type um, life. And then from there, I was handed off to this amazing um, teacher in Tibet, um, this, this wonderful woman, um, Yun Li, who taught me so much about the feminine aspects of of our our life and our existence and how to integrate that and let's see from tibet i found myself in mongolia siberia well nepal mongolia siberia and then peru and then back to the united states working with these amazing teachers that presented themselves mm. and you know the saying lena that when the student is ready the teacher appears yes yeah, it's so true. And and what I also learned is that there's another half of that saying that most people don't know, which is when the student is really ready, the teacher disappears. Yes. Yes. I love that. So from that time, obviously you bring so much wisdom practice into the work that we do today with people and here with East. Um and there's such a deep reverence for your lineages. And one of one of the endless things I love so much about you and what you embody. And that embodiment piece feels um, like at the forefront of what's needed in our world today in terms of healing humanity and Pachamama, Mother Earth. Can you share a bit more about how your times completely steeped in those monastic experiences and with those masters, spiritual masters, how that changed the trajectory of your life. Oh, okay. Once upon a time, um, before I got sick, I was a, a, a technology entrepreneur <clears throat> and was, was pretty good at what I did. You know, I was steeped in that business world. And, you know, through my own, I believe that we all have these, these personal, these life indication events 
that tell us it's time to make a change. For me, it was the death of my parents. It was my personal illness. It was diving into the depths of, um, you know, uh, all of the drugs that the doctors were giving me, the addiction that I had to um, some of those drugs that really led me, you know, into the, the depths of that darkness. And then the path to light, the path out, was first hearing the call of my soul, which was crying. Crying. And following that call. <clears throat> and as I stepped into this amazing world of natural medicine, working with Mother Earth, working with the elements, working with plants, you know, being completely connected. Um, it was a path back to a better me. It was a path back to who I truly am and why I'm here. And yes, I, you know, have all the experiences I had before in the business world and you know, many other worlds, and they all served a purpose to support, like, why my soul is here. And coming in contact with these amazing teachers, it's like each of them gave me these golden nuggets that I carry with me. Um, you know, we can be taught so many things, and yet we really retain a much smaller amount of all of that which we which we were taught we can remember it and and for me it was all about how can i put in practice you know these amazing teachings every day in a simple and effective way that's so powerful it's so life-changing and transformative um and soon long who was who was arguably the most impressionable um teacher of mine used to tell me Stop thinking, be, do, make it simple. So that's what, that's what I do my best to do, you know, is to not overcomplicate, you know, to kind of distill down all of these amazing wisdom teachings in a way that we can share this with people who can put it into practice every day very very you know simply easily um and yet for these practices that have such a profound profound impact on our life yeah thank you so your tibetan teacher because i want to begin shifting into our story because all of that um leads into this divine moment of meeting that you and I had when I walked up your driveway. So I, I give gratitude to your um, Tibetan teacher that what's her name again? Um, that was Lee. Lee. Yeah. Lee. Lee. Yeah. Yes. Deep, deep bow to Lee. Um, because one of the things that are coming together, I mean, so many things, but one, I'm so deeply grateful for, your attunement to the feminine and your um, sensitivity and ability to hold sacred space for the feminine to awaken into their gifts for myself 
obviously, for sure. And then for all of those around us here at East, clients you work with and beyond, um, that feels like such a potent part of your soul's purpose, your dharma. And so, you know, it really makes me reflect on the journey we, we've been on together. Um, and, you know, for those tuning in, and Jeff's story is such a reflection of this, sometimes we have to be in the darkness and really meet where we've chosen a misaligned life, a life of being attached to fear, a life of being attached to external validation or conditioning of what we should be doing or who we should be with. And, um, you know, I first met Jeff when I was looking for a Peruvian shaman recommendation. Actually, I was teaching, kind of backing it up, I was teaching a women's meditation retreat, private retreat in the North Georgia mountains. And one of my students was doing this Tai Chi looking move before our morning meditation. And little did I know, you know, this was a practice that Jeff had taught her and and Jeff was her shaman at the time. And I asked her, you know, where did you learn this practice? I had never seen it before. I was very curious. And she said, my shaman in Atlanta. And when I heard the word shaman in Atlanta in the same sentence, I was like, I have to meet this man. And so I asked my student for your contact information. And I was actually going to Peru the next month. And she gave me your information and I came to you for a recommendation on who to connect with in uh, Peru. That was an authentic shaman. And at the time, you know, I was really in this place of beginning to see the complete misalignment um, in my current marriage. I was married at the time. I was actually going to Peru with my ex-husband and I was on a soul journey and feeling at the same time constricted in the bindings and the imprisonment of my own making, you know, in a marriage that was void of any spiritual, emotional, sexual intimacy. And um, I was like at that cusp of attempting to get free. I didn't know what it looked like and I held so much fear. But that moment of meeting, again, shifted the trajectory of our coming together in our story individually and collectively. You know, when I walked up his driveway again for this consult on Peruvian shamans, um, he opened the door and there was this immediate recognition, almost like a bolt of lightning through my entire nervous system. And I didn't really know what that meant at the time. However, I knew there was something there in this soul connection, in this relationship. Um, and I'm going to pause there and, and, pitch it over to you and just maybe in just a couple minutes, um, sharing what that moment was like for you. Yeah. Um, and you know, you've, you've heard me share this story many times. Um, that moment actually began a number of years before I was living in California. I had a place on the beach. I could look out my window and see the ocean the beach and the moon and one night i woke up i had this feeling i woke up and i looked um out my bedroom windows i had these floor-to-ceiling windows kind of wall to wall and there was this beautiful apparition in the glass 
kind of moving from one side of the room to the other. And it was this just the most beautiful female I had ever seen in this amazing white flowing, like linen type, um, almost a Grecian type, you know, goddess gown, right? And I asked if she had any messages for me. And of course, there was no response at that time. Anyway, I just kind of filed that away. And uh, I remember getting um, text messages uh, from Lena about, you know, coming in and getting an introduction to some of my, you know, shaman brethren, you know, in, in Peru. And um, where I was living, I was also in a relationship at the time. I was living in a house that had, um, I had a treatment room that overlooked the driveway. And Lena's car pulled up and she got out and I had finished with my prior client. And Lena came walking up the driveway and there was this recognition that she was the apparition that I had seen five years before. So I immediately thought, oh, this is going to be interesting. She opened the door and there was this immediate recognition, immediate. And I knew it was deep. It was soul level and it transcended so many lifetimes. And when she came in, like that moment, it was almost as if we had been reunited after being apart, lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. And there it was. And I knew, I knew this, this soul connection. I knew this soul. I also knew that she didn't know yet what it was. And there was a level of temperance, you know, that, that, that was important, you know, to, to be present and to um, allow for her, hopefully, to come to the realization of what that soul connection was truly all about. And so, um, you know, in hindsight, I see the the depth and the power of your choice to withhold the divine truth of what you knew in that moment um, for the honoring of my process, because it would have been easy, you know, to say off the bat, given the strong connection. And I think that's a point that is important in terms of spiritual intuition in general, of course, in this very personal and intimate way, but that there's this art of discernment around how much you share and the kind of honoring and the the process of that. And so I am so grateful that you gave me that space um, as fiery and painful and dark and so all the tears and the moments of feeling like I was truly dying because there's a lot of death in this process of of shedding in and mourning the old false self which I want to get into more and more um, but we are going to take a very short break and we will be back um Tune in with us when we come back. We're going to be diving into more of this delicious story of twin flame reunion and ascension 
And we'll be talking about more soul relationships, soulmates, soul contracts, twin flames, and beyond. So stay tuned. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. Hosted by modern medicine woman and transpersonal psychotherapist, Lena Franklin, Medicine Wisdom is a radio talk show that will guide you on expansive journeys of transformation, inspiration, and powerful embodiment of your soul's purpose. We all have a medicine, a unique gift that's meant to flow through us and into the world. Wisdom comes when we transform the false aspects of our inner and outer lives in service of embodying the truth and light of our most expansive desires. Your heart-ignited desires are the access points into discovering who you are and why you're here on Earth. Medicine Wisdom, Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Welcome back to Medicine Wisdom with Lena Franklin. We hope today's episode is empowering you. Now back to the show. Hello and welcome back to Medicine Wisdom. We are diving deep into divine relationships and the fire of twin flames. And we were just in this really intimate, beautiful moment um, with my beloved, my honey, Jeff Gladstein, and our moment of meeting. That was such a moment of just pure soul recognition and moving into the deconstruction of it all. You know, we were both in relationships at the time. There was this um, temperance, as you called it, in sharing with me what you what you knew was true, this soul reunion after being separated for so many lifetimes. And we just, you know, from my perspective, we just continue to follow the call of our souls and our hearts and, you know, allowed... Um, the deconstruction of the relationships we were currently in, which got a little messy um, and is, you know, kind of a juicy story in all, but that dedication, I mean, that speaks to really what it means to choose a love-based reality versus a fear-based reality. So, you know, we continue to, you know, connect with each other, get together, continue to cultivate that, you know, heart-centric relationship. And the pinnacle, I would say, is was this trip that Jeff was guiding to Peru. And this was some months later. So we connected in the fall and then the following spring, he was guiding a trip to Peru. And this was a spiritual adventure journey. And, you know, my marriage was completely falling apart. I had already made the internal decision that I was leaving that marriage um, and quite candidly, you know, it was very tumultuous. There was a lot of um, control, a lot of kind of emotional aggression and even abuse at times. And I was afraid. You know, I was still in this fear-based place, but there was something much deeper within me that knew I had to go to Peru with you on this trip. It was a small group trip in order to shed 
that falseness and continue my path of true liberation. And so because it was so noisy, I remember you telling me or asking me, do you really want to go? And without, you know, a pause or a doubt, I was like, hell yes, I'm going. This was, it feels like in hindsight, it feels like this divine destiny that was moving through me. That was like, my soul is on this timeline. I need to shed these layers in order to embody my purpose at its fullest expression. And I remember the morning I woke up to go to the airport to get on that plane to go to Peru to meet you there with the rest of the group. Um, my ex was headed to um, DC to actually share uh, with my family all all the stories that he had around you know me being brainwashed by a dark evil shaman and you know all all of the really victimhood type stories which sounds really dramatic but um you know was purposeful in that the fear that he was casting was actually a reflection of the fear that I continued to hold within myself so it's like this this really fiery cleansing and purging that needed to happen. And then that trip itself, of course, was such an initiation. We um, we tracked the sacred mountain of Asangate in the snow for five days. And I remember, again, this inner death process of you know, feeling out of body. Um, and I was walking, you know, tracking up this mountain and the mantra that just kept flowing through me each step of the way was, I am fearless. I am fearless. And that was the reality. I know that my soul was claiming in this human form. And I know you remember that, those moments. Um, It was also the trip where I was initiated initially by grandmother Ayahuasca. And she was fundamental in helping helping me to release some of that entrenched fear. So... Yeah. What was that? I mean, I, I, we've had so many discussions about this, this journey, but as you reflect on it, what was this Peru, <clears throat> Peru trip like for you? What did it symbolize for you? Well, you know, we all face moments of our truth. You know, we always hear about moments of truth, but there are moments of our truth. And I remember that day when I asked you, because I knew there was so much noise around you going to Peru, are you sure you want to go? That was a moment of your truth. And you said yes to your truth. And that yes began, it was like the first domino, you know, in this beautiful mosaic of what was going to unfold. And we found ourselves in Peru. Um, it was a beautiful, powerful trip through the Sacred Valley. And then we did the purification back at El Sangate, right? And while we were in the Sacred Valley, I remember everything, everything culminated for both you and myself when you were receiving your healer's rights at Machu Picchu. Remember that? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this is when your ex and my ex had connected and created this incredible story and decided that they were on a track. Well, your ex to 
um, completely discredit me with your friends and your family in order to maintain control of you. And my ex was very wounded that, and, and she knew that I was not long for the relationship. We had already spoken about my leaving when I was coming back. And it was almost like it was two egos talking to each other and then projecting all of that fear onto you, onto me. For you, it was even more intense because it included your friend group. It included your family. Oh, and I love the story that, you know, was connected with that. Like this this, this amazing story. It, it should probably be turned into a movie at some point. Right? <laughs> uh, you know, the dark, evil shaman brainwashing, you know, and controlling you and taking you to Peru where your life was in mortal danger and all of the things about psychedelics and um, and I, wa- I want to, I want you to continue, but I want to pause there because there's something here that has continually, like in our story, this piece has been so potent for me in reflection, and it speaks to the shadow of the hyper-masculine systems that exist in our world because my poor family was so traumatized and, and really um, there's a level of brainwashing through this incessant <clears throat> messaging and yeah. There was this point where, oh, wow, it's more believable that this person, you know, in my dad's case, my daughter is brainwashed by an evil, dark shaman. That's more believable than the truth that I simply just wanted to leave my marriage. And and that there's like this really interesting feminine masculine dynamic there that I feel like is a lesson for all of us. You know, it, for a woman uh, that that is traveling to another country and choosing to leave her marriage when it looked perfect on the outside but was empty on the inside, people have a hard time believing that. Yeah, and 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 you know we know this that 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 people project onto others their fears, and <clears throat> yes, it was absolutely all of that for you. And remember when we had the conversation where you said, well, what are you going to do? Because I was cast as the evil dark villain, remember? And I said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to do nothing. I'm going to do nothing because over time, the truth will be seen. Right. And even though when we were in Peru, there was all of this chaos going on back in the United States, there was, your phone was blowing up. Right. <clears throat> my ex actually turned my phone off, if you remember, you know, correctly. So it was almost like these two children acting out because they weren't getting what they wanted and then projecting all of this fear onto those around us um, to cast us in a light because they didn't want to believe that here are two people who connected, who want to be with each other. So there's and really this interesting darkness and light um, just lesson here, right? There's fear, there's love. That's, and bringing it back to our topic, that's the journey of twin flames that when yes, they come is. together, and I mm-hmm. want to begin shifting into that because because that is such a potent piece of this episode is what does it mean to be twin flames? Well, one, one of the meanings that it burns away all of the falseness that exists, all of the fear. Yes. Yeah. So let's so let's dive into that. You know. So for me, Peru was a uh, an amazing cleansing 
as it always is, as you know. That's now. right. If, if you're like, interested in going time. to Peru, know, know that it's uh, not going to be likely a relaxing vacation, but it's a very will, purifying uh, place of initiation. Beautiful, beautiful, amazing, initiating, purifying. Um, so, yes, you know, soul relationships. You know, this is something that that I've noticed over the years in working with people that is highly misunderstood or highly romanticized, okay? You know, <clears throat> souls exist beyond the physical realm, and we embody, you know, in this physical form for the purpose of learning, for the purpose of teaching, for the purpose of helping consciousness itself, of which we're a particle, evolve and grow. Okay. And, and we're never taught what those soul relationships actually look like and, and what they're about, you know? So, I mean, I won't get into all of them, but let's kind of start with soul contracts. So, you know, souls exist and uh, it's almost like two travelers who make a decision that, hey, we're going to go to earth over this particular time frame, And when we come into contact with each other, let's, I'm going to teach you this and you're going to teach me that. And let's make that agreement that should we come in contact with each other in that, you know, on earth for that time frame, that, you know, we're going to teach and learn from one another. Okay? And that's the basis of how souls interact. It's all about teaching and learning and healing and evolving. Now, there are many different types of soul relationships. So we're going to kind of skip ahead into the two that <clears throat> most people um, have an attachment to, all right? The curiosity to. The first one are soulmates. Now, soulmates are two souls that have been together in many lives that come together, again, for the purpose of, of, of teaching and learning. And soulmates are not necessarily romantic. You know, this can be, you know, brother, sister. It can be two friends, right? It can be two partners. And yet there's this very deep connection that lasts a very long time. Soulmates... There's there's a there's a time component to that, right? It's not a month or two months or a year or five years. It tends to be many years, and sometimes those people, um, partners, uh, may actually raise children together, right, and live together for you know <clears throat> for many many years. And you know, I can share you know with um, with you that you know I had a soulmate experience in my life where um, I have two children who are amazing, beautiful human beings, and yet their mother and I reached a point to where we were no longer meant to be with one another, okay? So there was a soulmate connection for a period of time that was very purposeful. It was beautiful in many ways. Uh, it was also painful in many ways, you know, as, as many soulmate relationships can be. And then there's uh, there are twin flames 
Now, the difference, the fundamental difference between soulmates and twin flames is soulmates are two souls who come together for the purpose of learning and teaching and evolving. Twin flames, on the other hand, ah, this is a very, very special thing. This is one soul that splits into two and travels through time, lifetimes and lifetimes and lifetimes. And they interweave and they connect and then they separate and then they connect and then they separate. And they're in both of those halves of the same soul are learning, teaching, evolving, right? And then at some point, as they both evolved to a high enough level, they come back together for the opportunity to reunite, to unify, to share a life together. Now, that sounds so beautiful and so amazing and so romantic. Well, let me share with you the reality, all right? Okay. First of all, coming across your twin flame is kind of a rare occurrence in life. It doesn't happen often. And most people mistake soulmates for twin flames because twin flames have this really romantic, you know, sound to it, right? And the reality is that when twin flames come together, they're not necessarily romantic in nature. As a matter of fact, that's that's the minority of twin flame reunions. Most twin flame reunions are two halves coming together. And what the purpose of that is, think about the word flame, fire. It's to ignite and burn away all of those things that are not serving each half in order to ascend to a point to reunify and be together once and for all. So if you think about the burning away, what does that look like? It means everything in a person's life is going to change. Now, most twin flame connections, they feel very intense, they're amazing, they're incredible, and they evoke a tremendous amount of fear because everything each of those flames know in life is about to change. So like Lena was in a marriage, I was in a relationship. <clears throat> we both knew that neither one of those were serving us. We also knew that we were carrying very deeply held dynamics within us that needed to be healed, that needed to come up, to come out, to be healed and purged beyond the coming together. So when be, flames in other come, words, be be careful what you wish for. Oh, <laughs> And I, we oh, don't yeah. recommend going out in the world and searching for your twin flame. <laughs> that well, this it, it will naturally occur if it's meant to in this lifetime, if you're doing the work. Um, but I think there again, there's that romanticism around it that I think needs to it. be debunked. But go ahead. Um, it, it is, you know. So, so when your flame comes into your life, it's going to burn away everything that doesn't serve you, and that act of purification, the flame, the burning, means everything's going to change and transform. And what typically happens with flames is that there's, you know, one flame that tends to be a little older in soul, you know, experience than the other. 
Um, and one flame tends to be what we call the runner, right? So the fear comes up and one of those flames just wants to run. Um, and I'll share this, you know, um, that when Lena and I came together and she realized we were twin flames, um, it was, you know, we're back from Peru. Her life is, is, is dismantling. Her ex-husband is creating a tremendous amount of noise and fear and, you know, casting all types of, um, let's just say, um, falsehoods that scared her. And I remember Lena sending me a message that said, I'm really confused and I don't think I can see you for a while. Right? Yeah. And I said, okay, because I knew that she was facing her fears. Like I was okay. I had already experienced the complete dismantling of my life very rapidly. She was in the dismantling. And I shared with her that I'm going to pull my energy back so you have the opportunity to be with who, with with what you're truly feeling. Okay? And it was in that period of time that she realized that everything around her was false and noise. And she had to step into her truth. Yes? Yeah, it was really this very intense ego death that was happening. And in at that time, there was a lot of confusion around what is real, because what I had thought was real was actually false. And I was actually feeling an intense level of reality because love is, is why we're here. It's who we are. It's our essence that is real. And that was, was what I was feeling. And in that experiencing of our love that we shared, even in this kind of early stage relationship, I was seeing the reality of the falseness that I had co-created with the universe to create my physical life on this planet. And that was a hard pill to swallow. And so in the confusion, I, I just, I needed some, some space to really see objectively what was true. So, yeah. So I, I have a request, um, (laughs) And there's no right or wrong answer here. But so Jeff had actually gone into um, ayahuasca ceremony during the time we were coming together. And after that ceremony, he actually brought brought my energy, brought my spirit into the ceremony with him and asked the medicine, asked grandmother ayahuasca to share with him the nature of our soul relationship, our soul connection. And he wrote something, one of the most beautiful pieces of written, I'll call it poetry, um, heartfelt expression after that ceremony. And I would love to share it as we near the end here. Um, Okay, is that something you have or- I have it, I have it here, I'm prepared. Oh, you have it, it. oh my gosh. (laughs) I can't. Um, okay. So I like, think this is I'm actually like, really beautiful because I can share it with you I, and I so you can touched. take it in. I, I am so touched and blessed. Thank you. Okay. So this says to my twin flame written by Jeff. Let's see. We were created as one when time was young, created as the perfect expression of divine love, our newborn soul, the union of two particles of love's light of creation, burning as one, 
expressed as a perfect balance of the feminine and masculine when together. Through the eons and the millennia, one of our soul expressed as two perfect halves in balance and synchrony, traveled many lives together and many lives apart in many different times and many different forms. Through the ages, our souls have been intertwined like two threads encircling each other, which fold back upon themselves in a continuous and eternal circle of concentric and infinite rings, burning love's purest light, love's purest flame. Our twin soul's pure desire has been to reunite and be the purity of one, to give and receive to one another unconditional love to be the one love to ascend. Together, we embody and express only the purest expression of love, union, and completion. Two flames burning as one. This is who we are. I am in love with you eternally. I love you. Thank you. So in the two minutes we have left, I would love for you to share. I think that's a beautiful segue into our spirit baby, the East Institute. So sharing how to connect with East and what East is all about. Yeah, thank you. Um, That reading was so humbling. And there's part of me that's saying, oh my God, I actually wrote that. (laughs) You know, so thank you. And, And it's that that was the seed for east and you know east is really about bringing the deepest levels of healing to as many people as we can touch um you know when i had shared with you in ceremony one night i was i was shown this beautiful council of elders that represent all of the lineages that we bring together in our teachings in um what we offer with east so east you know offers um very powerful eastern approaches to spiritual transformation based on the lineages that both lena and myself have with our wisdom teachings we also offer education and guidance for entheogenic assisted spiritual transformation which is um Uh, the use of these amazing plant medicine healers and teachers that have existed and been used by the indigenous cultures for thousands and thousands of years. And we embody the wisdoms. We've been asked to bring these wisdom teachings to the West. Um, We're here to share these teachings, the guidance, the deepest levels of healing with all of those who feel the call to break through, to kind of break through whatever their feelings of stagnation, to break through those dynamics that are holding them back from being the truest, most powerful, purest expression of themselves. Thank you. And you can connect with the East Institute at theeastinstitute.com on our website to explore our offerings and healing programs. And then Give us a follow at the East Institute on social media. Thank you so much for being with us. I love you. Thank you to our listeners and stay tuned. Join us again 
for Medicine Wisdom next week. Have a beautiful week ahead. Blessings. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Medicine Wisdom with Lena Franklin. We hope today's episode was educational and helpful. Until we talk again next week, have a fabulous week.